You woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You were looking for your shoes, but instead you found a hammer. You walked downstairs because it was the middle of the night, and you heard a creak at the door. You opened it up to find five people standing there, ready to mug you. Welcome to the sidebar. I'm Sebastian Morales, filling in for Clint Myers Novak, who's currently running a marathon under his own volition. Sky Mall Magazine once had an annual circulation of 20 million copies tucked into airplane seat pockets across the skies, enticing passengers to gawk at their eclectic wares. And then they filed for bankruptcy. Today, Sky Mall is an online catalog and website devoted to products ranging from Range Rovers to stovetop ranges. Our guest today is a frequent contributor and the sole contributor to Sky Mall, Barry Tate. Welcome to the sidebar. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, Barry, uh, it's great to have you on and I'd like to talk about your article on the fly. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, and your article on the fly now is accessories for the well-traveled. You are well-traveled. You are well-dressed. How well, do you curate the list from month to month? It really is up to the travelers. I simply choose a port of destination or whatever is popular at the time. And, and you see, I... I think it is important to be able to be prepared for for whatever you need um, and wherever you're going. So it's more of um, I travel to somewhere where all the people are going and I, such as where? where where was the last place you traveled to? Oh, the last place I traveled to was Bernai, of course. Um, and Bernai is, is is sweltering hot in the summer, so I, I went in the winter. Um, where it is less hot, but still hot. And I sat in Bernai and, and tried to get a feel for the place and a feel for whoever might come along. And one of the things I did in Bernai is I, I went to the marketplace and I, I looked at all the people in the market and and I just thought, what am I missing at this moment? A scarf, apparently, because you uh, are plugging the Bernai scarf in your article. Your article you wrote... 8,000 words on the Bernai scarf. It is of the best hand-woven material, this scarf. It is one of a kind, and it only can be gotten in Bernai, and yes. therefore you need it when you go to Bernai. Now, what separates the Bernai scarf from a traditional scarf? Because you obviously don't wrap it around your neck. Mm -mm, no, you wrap it around your legs. Wrapped around your legs, and it's made of a very uh, strange material. I shouldn't say strange material, foreign material to the States. Yes. And you had a difficult time getting your example through customs. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, uh, coconut spittle, which is coconut that has been eaten by the people of Bernai and then spit back out and then woven into these scarves, it's very hard in order to, to, to get that through customs because... Most U.S. customs agents don't accept uh, regurgitated foods as uh, something that is to be an announced, you know. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, I know the Kope Luwak coffee is eaten by the uh, Asian palm civet. And it, I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but the, the digestive properties inside of the, the civet... Uh, turn the coffee beans ferment them I believe and it's the most expensive cup of coffee in the world and 
the Brunei scarf is made in a similar method. Now, there's the spit method and there's the, uh, for lack of a better term, the shit method. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain the, the difference. Well, I think it explains itself. But the, the spit method, you, you put the coconuts uh, pieces into your mouth and then you have to let it sit there. And it, it's an overnight process when you're doing the, um, the, the spit method. It has to sit. And the, the people of the Burnese, this, this specific village... They put them in these flaps that they've developed above their their tongues, and Flat. they just carry it like pouches, like a kangaroo, just walking around. And they can walk around and talk. It sounds normal, and then they just vomit a ball, like a hairball of of the strings of a coconut. And of course, the shit method takes a bit. It's faster, actually. It only takes about ten hours, um, and they just eat it, and it goes right through. And the difference between them is the spit method uh, is a bit stretchier, and the shit method is is more solid and it has the nutrients from the body and, and sticks together better. So so it really is. Uh, I'd say the shit method is for cold weather and the spit method's for warmer. I see. Now, how did you become the sole contributor to Sky Mall? What did you do before Sky Mall? Well, before Sky Mall, I was actually um, I was a flight attendant for some years, and. Oh my goodness, the things I could tell you about the, the skies. And so I got to know a lot of the airlines through that. Um, and I I swear, it's an incestuous, incestuous crowd. But I always thought there was something missing for the customer, some sort of uh, experience that they were missing. And I realized that the true calling, my true calling, would be in the seat pouches in front of them. No, it wasn't your idea. You didn't found Sky Mall, but they, they courted you. How did they court you? Why you? Well, I actually retired from the whole flight attendant game, and I had written a couple of letters to Sky Mall. And, and, and oh, so you actually developed this. So you're developing products. You're not just writing about products? I do develop, but not part of Sky Mall. Now, I actually have a list here from our researcher, the intern, Eddie Harper, mm-hmm. and lists uh, just several of your other sort of, I, I wouldn't say a failed invention, but a, uh, uh, a, a denied prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a caffeinated bowling ball. Now, how did you come up with, with this idea? Now, this is the sort of thing that one needs when one is looking for fun. A caffeinated bowling ball will get you where you need to go and get you there quickly. You simply lick it. It has a sheen, a coat of, of caffeine on it, and you lick it before you roll it. And whenever you are going to, to a park or to uh, an alley and you need that extra kick that will get you awake because you've been up for 36 hours straight because you've been on this, this, this coke bender, the EDM festival is, is wearing off, and you need that little kick of something, the caffeine... Bowling ball will get you there for the next six to eight hours. So your pitch was that the bowling ball could be so much more than a bowling ball. Mm-hmm. The bowling ball could be taken to a number of different locations. It doesn't have to be just in a bowling alley. You were finding alternative uses for the bowling ball, uh, combining it with your morning cup of joe, and the public did not respond. No. I like to think of it as a giant lollipop. Something that you just can lick as you go, on the go, for work, for play, for whatever. But apparently, bringing a bowling ball into the office 
is looked down upon, even if it is FDA approved, and it is FDA approved. Uh, now, another product here. You'll have to explain this one. What is a toaster loafer? It's exactly what it sounds like, Sebastian. It's a toaster that you wear as a loafer. Who doesn't want a piece of toast as they're walking? It's you, you take bread, you put it in between your laces, and it comes out of your heel. And it takes about three to five minutes, depending on the piece of bread and the length. And it just goes in and goes out. It's something that just as you're walking to your next location... You get breakfast, you get lunch, you get dinner, if that's what you like. And and we we have had some complaints about uh, burns, but I will say, if you use it properly, that it will not be a problem. Mm. But it was a problem. It was a problem. It, no, it has been a problem. And, and what were the problems? Well, uh, we have some people who have been electrocuted because of a missed wiring. Um... One man actually kicked a wall with his toaster loafers, and it uh, it burned off one of his toenails. Well, it would seem to be that the uh, the biggest hurdle for the the toaster loafer would be finding a place to plug it in, because if you're constantly in motion, um, you would have to have literally somebody else unplugging and plugging, or you would need a battery source, and that battery source uh, was what was it the the Acorn Harvester Windmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, something you didn't even Addy uh, this last piece is cut off the eggplant harvester win- oh okay there's an eggcorn harvester and with a windmill attachment that's what this is okay Addy's yawning yes yes the windmill attachment we needed the uh, green energy funds in order to, to really pull it through but I thought acorns are the most plentiful thing on the planet so you just pick one up you put it into your pouch. The The harvester itself is uh, it's, it hangs on your belt. And then the wires run down your pant legs all the way to the, the shoes, the loafers. So, so you put the acorns into your pouch and then the little fan whirs up and then it just gets all the energy and shoots down your legs. And we also had problems with that because people were being attacked by squirrels. So that is another thing that happened. And your urine squirrel repellent wasn't the answer. No, it was not. Um, apparently, uh, human pee does not work to keep squirrels away. Human pee does not, but you didn't use human pee. What did you use? No, we used bear pee. And bear pee turned out... To be actually an attractive smell to squirrels. And very hard to procure. Very hard to procure as well. Um, it was, we actually, uh, the three of us, Bertie had to go out, most of all, uh, to to Northern California in order to get some of those grizzly, grizzly bear scents. That's the one we thought was most potent. Uh, and he ended up with uh, three trips to the hospital and uh, two near-death experiences and one jar of bear pee. Well, it turned out that your idea for the salmon suit uh, wasn't the best way to procure that bear pee because the bears just went right at him. Went right at him. And I also thought that uh, if he swung downstream instead of up, they would be confused and wouldn't attack him, but that is not not the case. No, well, it seemed that because he had the the windmill on him, Mm -hmm. it projected him right back into the bears. Oh, it was it was just like a rudder on a, a, a 
speedboat. It's just put him right back up. So those are those are product misses. Yeah, uh, but those are those are your That's own that. products. Now, what are some products affiliated with Sky Mall that just aren't sellers? What are ones that you know the magazine? Unfortunately, it's no longer in the seat pocket, but it is accessible through the little video monitor and it's accessible online and uh, people still have access to it when they're flying. And so people are still shopping and SkyMall actually in cutting costs and having you as their sole contributor uh, is very streamlined and profitable. And But not every product sells. Now, uh, what are some of the products that you see working there at SkyMall? Some of the products that I am surprised work there, if I'm being quite honest, are the crystals. Everyone loves crystals. And uh, quite honestly, quite frankly, I do believe that crystals are just rocks that you hang around your neck. And, and, but... Some I, people believe they have mystical properties. Some people do believe they have mystical properties. And because they believe that, I have to include it in my article because mystical properties of rocks do help when you're traveling uh, it's there's wards and there's there's uh, uh good auras that you can wear you know uh when i was a little boy in chile uh our local village had a mystic and he would often have a crystal that he named jacoby and he would pet the crystal and one night in the middle of the night a local mob picked him up and threw him at the bottom of the well and that's i believe where he resided until he died and that's why i don't like to sell crystals on SkyMall. Another thing that I'm very surprised that works at all. There's a type of flip-flop that has fur under your foot. Under the foot, like a hobbit. Like a hobbit. And I, I, I why would you, that defeats the point of having a flip-flop. I'll be honest, that actually sounds very comfortable. Yes, yes, then buy a slipper. Buy a slipper, not a flip A flip-flop is to make the... That sound, so right? It essentially was a, was a mislabeled slipper. Exactly, with okay. with open top at the same time. And, and you're not one to adhere to labels. I I, I don't I don't agree with, with with what they've done to the flip flop. Now, what else? What else is a product miss? Now, the uh, I mentioned the well, but actually the uh, the the personal well mm -hmm. is something that. You uh, is no longer on the catalog for no, various reasons. No, uh, personal well. shipping and construction of the well. Yes, uh, we did sell personal wells, which would be about uh, twenty feet or to the groundwater level. Um, but those took too much manpower and too much time. So instead, we actually now use drill straws. So people can buy these straws that stretch to about thirty yards and just drill straight down and then suck with the mouths, the groundwater up through the straws of their own willpower. And this is a high seller in Africa. Well, the, the pitch was you could have a well anywhere, mm -hmm. but it didn't necessarily have a function and that didn't necessarily need a function. It was, well, there's the well. Well, here's a well. And I think people didn't understand what we were trying to do and they they people are lazy by by nature uh another thing actually that missed that i thought would be a big big hit um you know when you're rolling a suitcase and, and it hits your 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 ankles and your heels all too well uh, all too well yes well i built a retractable rod that you can actually wear on your heels that keeps the the suitcase at bay so you can just almost 
prop the suitcase up and just walk with it attached to your ankle on a rod. Now, now obviously, the, the downside of that is everybody behind you, you're just tripping people. Oh, just, absolutely. And the lawsuits just piled up, I would imagine. Yes. Uh, apologies at the very least. How mm. many apologies can do you have? Does one person have in a day? I, you when you're walking through a crowd, you're always already saying, "Excuse me, sorry, move, please." No, you're better than me. I just forge my way through. But I, I, I think that the 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 main lesson learned from all of our failures and our, our achievements are that people want to be comfortable, but also want to be be um carried through life they want to be uh, pampered and so something something as inconvenient as considering your personal space to be three more inches out it, it's too much to bear now you went to graduate school in cambridge and i only bring this up because for our listeners it doesn't matter how educated you are failure is coming and failure is inevitable and i would say Eight out of ten times, if you're developing a product, that product is going to fail. And you've listed products that you developed that failed, and you've written about products that have failed. Now, tell me about some of the products that you thought were going to fail, but then succeeded. The slip and slide on the go. I did not think that would be a hit. I honestly thought that that would get many people injured, and that would get many, many people sued, but... It's simply, you just, it's a top with a bucket of oily water that you just spill out. And, and well, yes, and the reason why you believed and many believed it wouldn't succeed was because it's on the go, you need a stop wall. Yes. And that stop wall was made of iron, and it was very heavy to, to transport. But they, these things sold, how many units in the first week? 10,000? 10, 10,000 in the first week. And it became actually a very popular thing to do called ironboarding, where you would run a friend as fast as you can down the slide into the wall. And people got gravely injured. Gravely injured. So there were injuries, but no lawsuits. Because... No, in good spirits, always, thank you letters poured in. Mm-hmm. Thank you for teaching my son a lesson about life. It turned into a life lesson the slip and slide with the steel, with the iron wall. We even saved a couple of marriages. Well, I say steel. You actually, you have a steel version as well. Yes, we do. Right. Uh, and we call have, it the Steely Dam. There's the Steely Dam, and then there's the Game of Thrones, the iron wall, mm-hmm. um, endorsed. And I believe it was featured in season three, Addy? Season three of uh, Fuller House on Netflix. And Danny Tanner, uh, he shattered his jaw. Oh, blew it right open. Right open. Uh, Now he just looks uh, like the scream. I think it's an improvement. I do too. Now in the September article of On the Fly, uh, you wrote about accessorizing your man bun. Yes. Your man bun and you. Where not to wear your man bun and when to leave it home. Mm -hmm. Now, you lost your man bun. You used to have one. I know, and it just felt so passé at a moment. I had to get rid of it, because once everyone else catches on to a trend, is it really trendy anymore? I I believe that's the definition of a trend. I believe if nobody catches on, it doesn't become a trend. Well, if you're not on the cutting edge, then are you really trendy? I don't know. You tell me I, I 
I wear khakis. Oh, I'll have you know that our highest selling item on Sky Mall is cargo shorts. So you, my friend, are right in there. Let's bring it back a second. What is the future of Sky Mall now? Sky Mall, oh. uh, you know, it was a print publication, and people like to thumb through it. And one of my fondest memories of Sky Mall is opening it up and having a an old scabby band-aid just fall out of page 96 onto my lap. And that's where I discovered uh, a really great Weber grill that I grill all my meat on in my backyard. Um, a tetanus shot later, and there it was. Now, people don't have the luxury or future generations won't even know about uh, some of the adversity, adversity you have to overcome when you just open up a public magazine that's been rifled through by hundreds of little sticky hands. So uh, many hats. So many diseases. You don't know. So many sauces. I think, you know, barbecue on page 12, Cool Ranch on page 44. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so now you're relegated to the internet. But what is the future of Sky Mall? Are they going to bring back, thing, you know, uh, trends, as you know, are very cyclical? Yes, uh, fashion is on a 20-year cycle. Whatever was hot 20 years ago is coming back. And uh, I, I believe if you wear the same clothes for 20 years, you will be on the cutting edge once more. Don't do that, but you could. Um, I, it is an interesting question, though. Uh, one that all print is having to deal with. What is the future of print? You know, um, uh, magazines, newspapers, books, even. Everyone is going to the virtual. And so I do believe that the future of SkyMall will stay virtual, but I, I think it's going to have to be a little more creative. So SkyMall, I, I suggest that SkyMall becomes bite-sized, literal bites of information that we send out an email and encrypt onto everyone's email so that when they click on an image, it builds it one frame at a time, one byte at a time, on the computers. And so one day, you turn on your computer and there's an entire magazine just on your computer and you don't know where it came from, but you know that you need it because you are traveling that week to Toronto and you don't have any of the accessories and you need those fuzzy slippers. I believe that's just the internet. I believe that's just how email works. Uh, I think that already exists, Barry. That I I don't think so. I think no, we no, can, we know I, it does. I, yes. I think we can perfect it. I, I think yeah. SkyMall can become... Uh, uh, the, the first. Here's my question. if Because if the magazines aren't in the in the seat pockets anymore, why didn't they change their name to Skynet? Why didn't they capitalize on the Terminator uh, robot apocalypse that's inevitable? It's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. We don't know when. It'll come without warning, Barry. But why don't they do that? Why haven't you suggested that? Well, I, I think it's quite obvious because the branding of Skynet is a little hostile. And so you I, think it's a, it's a copyright issue? I don't think it's a copyright issue. I think if we, we talked to, to the, 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 whoever has the rights to Terminator today... Like James Cameron, I'm sure, or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. If, uh, you can get him as the spokesman. You could put him, none of that Christian Bale... Uh, Oh, we don't talk about anything beyond right. beyond That's, two. Actually, three was a stretch, but three I'll allow. I'll allow three. Will you allow three? I will allow three. Uh, okay, so, but 
I don't think that Skynet is the best way to go about capturing people's minds because when they think of Skynet, they think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. We want them to think of flying through the air. You want to capture their imagination and you want to capture their souls and you want to capture their wallets. We want to capture their wallets and we don't want to scare them into the inevitability of their own deaths. No, but you have been in several near crashes and one crash. Oh, yes. Now tell me about one of these harrowing experiences. Now, I've been lucky enough to never uh, have been in a plane crash. Our researcher at the Internet Harbor has been in 18 plane crashes. Uh, she survived them all. Thank God. Well, she has beaten me by five. Well, crashes uh, in general. I was actually in a hel- the only crash I have really been in is the helicopter crash. Uh, and when you travel as much as I do, you just, it, it's. It's presumed going to happen at some point. So uh, I was flying through the the Himalayas, uh, and it was uh, warm out, and I I was flying the helicopter. I can fly helicopter. And um, I'd had a little bit of a drink. I had a few whiskeys and shot backs with some of my friends uh, from from school. And we, um, we decided it would be fun to play a game of chicken with one of the mountains. And we, we flew at it, and one of the accessories that we had brought along with us was a, um, a, uh, a, a big hydrofan, and we call it the World Turner. The World Turner, and it was supposed to be, you point it at the direction, if you're ever in a car that is going out of control, you point the fan in direction, and it pushes the car away from whatever, wherever you're pointing it. So it was a, a, a secondary brake system. And so we put it in front of the helicopter and it pushed us back. And unfortunately, it pushed us back straight into another helicopter and we all fell to the ground. And, and, and you landed on a helicopter. We landed on top of another helicopter that had crashed 30 years prior. And it was it was quite a find. I can... It was quite a fine. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you were marooned there for how long? For 16 days. 16 days. It was you. It was Birdie. Birdie was there, of course. And who else? Well, uh, myself, Bertie, some of my friends from college days, uh, Chad and Thad. And, of course, the people from the, uh, the, the helicopter behind us actually um, was what, that... that, that f- fellow that um he does the uh the planet earth um attenborough Attenborough. he was there as well it was one of my personal heroes he was doing a whole documentary um he saved us really he saved you but um you have mentioned before and he has denied this that he turned to cannibalism attenborough and he didn't have to he ate his own but the, the tip of his of his pinky before you stopped him and gave him a Nutrigrain bar. We had many. You had you guys. We were stocked full. We had we had planned for for three weeks out in this helicopter when we were only supposed to take three hours. But we all of us are very hungry. And he Fair. he chalks it up to a to a concussion. Is that he wasn't in his proper state? Oh, he was completely fine. No blood on him at all. He he walked away. He even sang us a, a little tune when he got out of the helicopter. Apparently, he has been in 25 crashes. 
So I, I hope one day to live as long as he does. But so uh, crash as many times as the he does. crash as many times as he does is what I mean. Um, but I actually had had in my my walking purse. I had an accessory, um, which is it is a round little pebble, which is a caffeinated pebble, and I gave it to Richard. A choking hazard, by the way, and you wound up having to give. Sir Richard Attenborough, the Heimlich Maneuver. Which is one of my proudest achievements. And you've saved that pebble. That pebble is... Oh, I still have it, of course. Yeah. I, I, I have it at all times within 10 feet of me. Um, and I actually tried to get it turned into a scarf at the Burmese village, but it was too hard for their their, their ample jaw strength. Now, I believe it's known that Attenborough... Uh, is a choking hazard waiting to happen. You know? uh, I believe chokes on pretty much everything he puts in his mouth, and he needs a choking spotter. Uh, and he's always on location, and sometimes your paths cross because you're out researching accessories for the well-traveled, and he is well-traveled. He is essentially your customer base. Uh, and that man is just looking at animals all day. He's narrating. He's using his voice. Um does he what is he doing out there is it lonely for him is your do you think that sky mall in some way is a companion for the well-traveled not not so much as just a catalog but a, a, a way of living well i do think that sky mall can be a companion to those who have no others on their travels and i i see attenborough as as a man who uh, he likes to strike out on his own and, and, and create spears from wood tips uh, and he, he likes to, to strip down to his, his underwear and howl at the moon and I just want to be there for him in the, the sense of my accessories. So uh, we have built and one of our new items is uh, the personal kit, uh, the, the, the personal companion kit. Uh, it is a blow-up doll that you can pre-record messages into and you press a button and it talks back to you. So it gives you a semblance of, of companionship. And I, I do think it is important for someone to be able to, to feel as if they're being heard and listened to while they're going on these big adventures. Now, now Attenborough uh, is the only person to have purchased a salmon suit. Yes. And you have written about a first-hand account of him fighting off bears, intentionally fighting the bears, and winning handedly. Oh, he kicks you're, ass. You're being modest, even. He's a savage. He, he is He is quite, quite. Oh, and, and how old is that man? He is in 80s. his 80s at least, yes. Um, and he, he walks up, actually, funny fact, uh, when we went to Northern California to get the bear urine, Sir David Attenborough was there. He bit a bear in the face. He bit a bear in the face, and then he put his finger into the bite hole and started working the bear like a puppet. And it was it was incredible. The bear just sat there on his knees, and he, he did an entire um, uh, ventriloquism routine with this live grizzly bear. Is it true he boxed a zebra in the Sahara? That he what? He boxed a zebra in the Sahara? I I believe that he did. Um, what what do what does boxed mean? Uh, I said boxed. 
Oh, box. Yes, it's true that he boxed a zebra in the Sahara. Um, he, the zebra, uh, have you ever, ever seen a zebra uh, uh, fight? They, they get on the hind legs and they kick. And, and so David Attenborough actually fought a zebra like a zebra. He got on all fours well, and he, he painted went, himself black and white. He, went, he, he did, but he actually uh, went gazelle style. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, he pranced. He pranced over to it. Uh, and a gazelle fights with its hind legs. So he actually did a, a handstand boxing maneuver to the zebra. And, and he kicked it several times in the face and it kicked nothing but air. He, he is so fluid when he fights that nothing can touch him. And he, I don't know how to, how to put this. He, uh, he has a challenge that he, for, just for himself, every animal that he narrates, he must fight. Yes. That is a personal mission of him. That he that, that he's mandated for himself, and I don't know how many animals there are in on Earth. There's got to be a million animals more. I mean, he's not boxing insects, but he'll box a roux, he'll box a fox, he'll box a tortoise. What won't Richard Attenborough box? Kittens. But he's boxed a kitten. There's actually a calendar on boxing kittens. There's true. And, there, and, there's true. And I must nothing. say, my favorite is the December boxing the Christmas kitten. Oh yes, he really knocked him out of the chimney. Yes, he did. It, it's funny. There's the kitten coming out of the box as he's boxing the one up through the chimney. That's true. And he also boxed eight reindeer at once, dressed yeah. as Santa Claus, on a snowy rooftop in uh, downtown Abbey. He is quite the man. There is nothing that he will not box that's true and, and he also sends tremendous gifts now he sent you he sends you a gift every year and you yes. post it on your instagram um and it's him boxing an animal now he was boxing and is this an aardvark addy addy doesn't know yes addy you hate no you choking no oh i'm sorry she's on the phone oh sorry uh keep at it go okay go right it Yes, he was, he was boxing an aardvark. He decided to start this year going alphabetical, and an aardvark would be the first animal on the list. So he's, oh, going, he's the, going back down. Because yes. he's, he's so structured. He's so structured. It makes perfect sense. I know. So he's decided to... He has a list of the animals he has yet to box, and he is going down the list. Uh, and I believe every single week he is live casting, uh, boxing another one of the animals. And so, uh, next week is an anteater, of course, and then so on and so forth. Uh, I believe a beluga whale is at some point in the near future, maybe next, uh, next month. Now, I have to say my favorite fight, top five out of animal fights, mm-hmm. American Eagle. Oh, yes. Alaskan polar bear. Seminal classic, not quite as good as the sea lion, though. No, no, that's not my top five though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's close. I would say that's top fifteen though. Still very good. Yes. Brutal, uh, brutal and honest. Yes. Um, Virginian beaver. Mm. Alligator. Oh, that was one for the ages. Right. Versus the gator in the swamps of Florida. 
I I could not look away. Breath, and he narrates his own fights. He does, and, and he doesn't even lose his breath. It it sounds as if he were in a studio. Is is completely composed. That's what people don't understand is that he narrates live. Yes, he'll do uh, ADR touch up in the studio, but when he's fighting, he's narrating the fight as he's fighting. Yes, and uh, to round out my top five is the uh, water buffalo. Now, what he did to that buffalo uh, shouldn't even be... Humanly possible. No, no. Let alone legal. I don't know how he got inside the buffalo and exploded out. That that made no sense. And he was narrating yes. the entire time. The fact that he went from underneath and didn't come from any the other sides and just went inside from underneath. He must have gone up through uh, uh, one of the, the udders. Or something. I, I don't know if, if uh, Buffalo has another. I imagine it does. Some of that one did that day. He and what people don't understand is that not only does he narrate his his own animal fights, but he narrates everything in his life. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if he's married. I believe he's widowed, but don't quote me on that. We actually uh, for David Attenborough because he has been such a, a, a friend of mine throughout the years. We have. Uh, began to market the David Attenborough uh, eyeglass and microphone where you can, if you put it, it's like a contact, you put it in your eyeball and you see what David Attenborough is seeing at that exact moment. And the microphone actually transmits to an earpiece inside of David Attenborough's ear. I see, and it, but it's only in for a minute. It's, it's almost like... Uh... Like being John Malkovich. Yes. Right. So you you become it's being Sir David Attenborough for a minute, and then you get shot out not on the New Jersey Turnpike, but what's the equivalent in in London? Oh, that would be the uh, the banks of the Thames. Right. And now there is one animal that Attenborough refuses to fight. That is a Bengal tiger. Oh, and, does he reverence for Bengal tiger? Right, and he has a pet. It's not even his pet. It's his partner, yeah. his life partner, uh, the Bengal tiger, Reggie. And him and Reggie ride around the banks of the Thames and get into adventures. And yes. sometimes you're there to chronicle. You're there to dress them, obviously. Now oh, you, always. And you also have come out with an animal line um, that Sky Mall sells. I found that people like to travel with their animals more often than not because you need that companionship. And so in order to make Skyball more accessible to the normal traveler, I have to come out. We have to come out with something for the animals. So this Bengal tiger has a full complete regalia of armor that uh, head to toe, gold plated, uh, horns coming out the top, uh, and it shoots fire out from its hips, its hind hips. And you were inspired by He-Man, Masters of the Universe. That is the only thing. That is one of my biggest inspirations, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm working on a Skeletor line now, but uh, that is uh, it's a bit trickier, of course. And Sir David Attenborough, what's next for? Let, let, let's do let's do this. Let's put Sir David on the back burner. We'll get we'll get back to him. Oh, he's always um, in the back of my mind because you know I mean. Uh, yeah, he. You're a pilot as well. Yes. Um, and so you've <laughs> you've flown a an Attenborough mission or two, so to say, as he calls it, to to hunt down some of these more obscure animals. But 
And it really is sort of a, a special ops mission. Everyone has code signs. Uh, you put on uh, face paint and, and black clothes. And, and it, you feel as if you're going into the jungles to fight for, for, for freedom and for life. But there's always time for tea. There's always time for tea. And that is one of the things I love about Sir David Emperor. He is, he is uh, hoot. <laughs> he is so much fun. Now, as a former flight attendant, what one thing just bothered you about passengers? Oh, the noise. And what one thing surprised you? Their smiles. Sir David Attenborough, does he have a human zoo? Yes or no? Oh, yes. Barry Tate, thank you so much for being here on the sidebar. Thank you. This was such a pleasure, and I am going to tell everyone to do it more often. Next week on the sidebar, plate spinning on a unicycle. Is it safe for an NBA halftime show? Or should they just have a mascot lighting himself on fire? I'm Sebastian Morales, saying see you next week.